Welcome to another edition of Collector's Quest. This is episode 00. You may be wondering, what does that mean? Well, this is a special episode, and I dug back into the vaults for before I had a podcast, and you may have heard the origin story of the podcast where a friend asked me to teach him how to be a collector, and that's kind of how it started. But this was before even that. This is back in 2011 when I was writing strictly in my blog, and it was you know, people read it occasionally, and it had a pretty dedicated following of of a very few people. But I did it because I wanted info to be out there, much like this podcast. So I was going through, and this is back in the beginning, someone asked me um, if I could take my blog and put it in an audio format. And I wasn't really into podcasts at the time. Like I knew what they were. It was 2011. It wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now, where everyone just has a podcast. So I recorded this, and I, I did a few because there was a few people like, yeah, I really want to just listen to this. I, I can't really, can't really read it. And I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't making a podcast out of this episode. I was literally just reading what I had written down in the most flavorless, boring way possible, and which is weird for me because, uh, as you know, I'm prone to a little bit of the theatrics injecting a little bit of emotion into when I speak. But for some reason, when I read this one, I guess I took a volume, or I was being very careful to enunciate as people would be listening to me. I don't know what happened there. It was really strange. Um, if you're hearing anything in my voice right now, I got a little sickness, so I, I sound a little weird. But that has nothing to do with what you will hear in this episode. So... Mind you, this is a special episode. You can take it with a grain of salt. It's about collector types. It's, it's good info. Uh, I think it still holds up. Uh, not collector types, but uh, yeah, collector types that you would trade with, uh, specifically in forums. So take it as it is. Like I said, grain of salt, special episode. When I said I was doing a couple of special things for the Christmas episode, this is one of the things I found, this gem right here. So I thought I would... Uh, throw it out to you guys also just a reminder that retro city fest is coming up and that i will be there and stefan will be there that's january 5th and 6th at the pomona fairground so come check that out also if you haven't seen my favorite youtube channel go check out retro gem miner and give him a view he is hilarious love that guy's account so that that's what's going on anyways this very quick very kind of dry and boring episode uh, i'm curious to hear your thoughts on 2011 johnny's version of a podcast all right everyone thanks for stopping by and merry christmas Welcome to Game Over. This is post World 1-4 Trade Etiquette and Byron Trade Types. Video game collectors go about amassing their games in various ways. Ebays, garage sales, video game stores, pawn shops, 
but the one I really want to focus on is forums. Forums are a great resource for collectors. You can get tons of info, meet like-minded people, be a part of a community, and you also get to buy, sell, and trade games. Forums are great to have, but I think we need to talk about proper etiquette when conducting business on forums. First category is introductions. First and foremost, if you are new to a forum, please introduce yourself. Most forums have a dedicated space for all new users to say hello and give a brief introduction. Introducing yourself will allow current members a chance to greet and familiarize themselves with you. This might not seem very necessary, but for me, I am far more likely to conduct business with someone who has a few posts down and has introduced themselves. I'd much rather deal with you than some new guy who jumped into the marketplace forum and put down a few items he has for sale. Forums are very small communities. People look out for each other. When someone just bursts onto the scene with no post and no rep, but puts up a buy and sell thread, it throws up red flags. We start asking ourselves, who is this guy? Is this a scam? Are they only here to profit on collectors? Are they part of the big, you know, stadium events phenomenon? They are unknown. Unknown members are a risk. This isn't just for selling, it goes for buying too. How do I know that a new member won't try to screw me with a bad PayPal transaction? Or with bad feedback? Or just is stringing me along? The answer is I don't. The risk of being taken advantage of isn't relegated just to new members. This goes for all transactions with anyone. It's always a risk. But when you're new, that kind of tips the risk-reward scale too far into the risk category and might just cause us not to deal with you. So again, introduce yourself. Saves everyone a lot of hassle. So let's now talk about how to create a buy, sell, or trade thread. Now that you're a full-fledged member of a forum and you've got a few posts under your belt, people know you, let's talk about how to properly create threads in the marketplace. First thing you know to need to know is the lingo. You need to know what the common abbreviations are used. If you don't know what WTS and WTB are in a form, you should probably be figuring this out. WTS is want to sell, and WTB is want to buy. WTT is want to trade. Knowing the lingo will allow you to more effectively create threads. So let's talk about our first example. You have three games for sale two of which are for the Genesis and one for the Super NES. The games are Bubsy, Batman, and Sonic 1. The first thing you need to do is be very clear in your title. A proper title will tell everyone what you're selling and how you're selling it. They'll tell potential customers what to expect. For me, I have an ongoing for sale and want to buy thread. So my thread title looks like this. Time Master's Big Trade and Sale Thread has a subheader in the forms that allow them that says looking for whatever I'm looking for currently also new items Sega games for sale my thread title lets you know this is not a one-off sale that is a continuing ongoing market sale for the purpose of our example you might want a good title that looks like this WTS slash WTT one Super NES and two Genesis games mint this title tells everyone what you have and gives them what to gives them an idea of what to expect in the thread. 
the thread content and layout is what we need to move on to next. You've got this adequate title, so now it's time to get to the content portion. And this is the most important thing you need to know about the content of your thread. Be specific. Let me tell you again. Be specific. This is so important that I said it twice. When it comes to collecting, nobody likes surprises. I've seriously th seen threads that sell, that say things like, Zelda for sale, $50. And then the content of the thread just says, Zelda for sale. I don't know anything about this thread. Threads like this drive me crazy. I know nothing about the game except for the title and the price. And as a collector, that is not enough for me. I need to know condition. I need to know it doesn't have everything. It's maps. It's manual. If it has the letter, if it comes with the sleeve, you need to tell me everything I need to know and probably have a picture. So when doing it right, so when you make a thread, do it right and tell everyone as much as you can. Doesn't need to be a novel, but get the point across. Okay, so for our example, it would look something like this. Genesis Games for sale. Sonic 1 complete. Retail version. All original paperwork included. Cart, manual, and clamshell in mint condition. Hardly played. Cost, $10. Game 2. Batman. Includes original clamshell. Manual and cart, no other paperwork, $7. Shipping is not included, buyer pays actual shipping. Super NES Bubsy, also for sale. Box, cart, and manual. It's a former rental, stickers on the cart. End box, manual is in rough shape, $5 plus shipping. Please see attached pictures. PayPal non-gift payments only. Also, I know I'm new, but please see my feedback on eBay here and see my feedback from this other forum here, links attached. Also, willing to trade all three and some cash for Shining Force 2. Would like CIB, but willing to discuss cart only. This thread is very specific. It tells us how the seller expects to be paid, how much the seller wants for their items, the nature of the items for sale. It leaves nothing to the imagination because it includes pictures, it also includes his references, and it tells the seller, it tells us that the seller is also willing to accept trades, and what they're looking for in trade. So let's say that because you've got a good title, you've got good content, that now you've sold your item. So you've made the sale, or the purchase, and now you need to follow through. So that, now that you've done this, we need to move on. The easiest part to mess up. I liken this part to, let's say, movies that are pretty good, but then have an ending so bad that they just ruin the whole movie for you. Uh, my example of this is a movie like AI or for series, see Indiana Jones 4 or Star Wars, the whole new prequels. Basically, what I'm telling you here is to do these two things. Ship it fast, and make sure the game is well packaged. Remember, shipping it fast doesn't mean send it express mail. Send it however the buyer paid for. What this does mean is get the game packed and in the mail soon. Don't make someone wait a week before you put it in the mail, unless you guys discuss this as part of the sale. And this is a note for all sellers, be it here on forums 
or on eBay. Do not use bubble mailers for boxed games. I can't tell you how many times I've had a game ruined by bubble mailers. In many cases, the box is the most expensive and the hardest, uh, the hardest to find part of a game. Packing it in a, bub in a bubble mailer is a surefire way to screw up a valuable box and a transaction. Every collector I know, and probably every collector you know, has the same sob story. Some idiot, something something nice and rare, and it was ruined by a bubble mailer. And every one of these collectors will also tell you this same thing. They would have gladly paid another dollar or two in shipping to make sure it was in a box and properly packed. So, in short, pack boxed games in boxes and use bubble wrap or foam or paper to protect them. Packing a game properly, though, means more than just getting in a box and having bubble protecting wrap yourself on it and easy. protecting the game. All you need to packing do is put tracking on the yourself. package. Tracking will tell you where the item is and will also allow you to tell your customer where the item is. It'll save you from getting a lot of annoying emails asking for the status update if you've shipped it. It's a good thing for everyone, so protect yourself. The other way you can protect yourself is by putting insurance on the package. If it is very expensive or more than you are potentially willing to eat, then you should put insurance on it. The last thing you need to do is leave feedback. If the buyer did everything they were supposed to, paid promptly, didn't waste your time, don't wait for them to leave feedback for you. Just go ahead and give them some feedback for their positive experience. Okay, if you're the buyer, your follow-through is so much easier. First thing you need to do is pay promptly. Secondly, if you had no problems with and you've got the package, leave feedback for the seller. If you did have a problem, say the item was damaged in shipment, uh, say it was late, anything you can think of where there was a problem, go ahead and contact your seller first before leaving feedback. This is just a simple courtesy. Most sellers want to work with you. They don't want bad feedback. They want to see that their customers are satisfied. Most people aren't trying to screw you. So if we just use good communications, we're going to mitigate most problems. You might get a refund. You might not be exactly happy, but at least you know that they're willing to take care of you. All right, now I want to move on to a less tutorial portion and talk to our more uh, savvy forum members. I want to talk about other pieces of, of etiquette. I know that the first part was kind of long, but the advice is solid, and it's good for all levels. But this one is, is for you more experienced guys and girls. My first topic here is four offer threads. God, I hate these. I'm guilty of using them. It's really annoying. But listen, if you make a for offer thread, then really, you have to be willing to take offers. Stop complaining that people are lowballing you. If you had a price range in mind, then you probably should have stated that from the get-go. It probably shouldn't be an offer thread. It should probably be a for sale thread. People will make offers if they think the price is too high on a for sale thread. Don't make it a for offer thread unless you're really willing to entertain offers. You don't want to put members in the tricky position of trying to generate a number that they feel like is a bargain but simultaneously isn't offensive to you. 
For offer threads to me feel like the seller is trying to see what they can squeeze out of you. Tell me if you've experienced this. You see a game, let's call it Zelda, you offer $50. Okay, and then the seller replies pretty promptly with a, a comeback offer of say $70 or something somewhere. This really feels like the seller is trying to bait the buyer into telling them how much the game is worth. They know if you offer 50 it's probably worth more because nobody offers uh, for games at their highest estimated value. People usually go middle or mid-low. The seller knows how much they can squeeze out of you now because of your offer. So you offered 50 which is probably middle. They want, they want you to make a follow-up offer now that they've, off, they've come back with 70 with something like 60 which is a medium-high offer. And now the seller will take it. The game wasn't had at a deal. You probably did a little bit better than you could have on eBay. But, you know, you kind of feel like maybe the seller got one over on you, which isn't really good for anybody. Another scenario is you make an offer in a for offer thread, and the seller replies with some snarky, annoying comment. Just about, hey, stop lowballing me, and something similar. This is so pointless. Again, if you knew what you wanted for it, just go ahead and say that. Stop making things awkward and difficult for everyone else. You're not helping. eBay prices in forums. This is another silly thing that seems to be coming up more often than it should. Sellers want full eBay price for their games. Here's my view on this, and feel free to disagree. If you are trying to sell something on a forum, you should know what it's worth on eBay. And then you should realize that you have to go lower than that. If it's a really rare item or something you can't find that often, then maybe you get full eBay. The math to me is simple. If I sell something on eBay, I figure I'm only going to get about 83-86% to 86% of what it's sold for. This number accounts for a few things. Listing fees, final value fees, and a PayPal fee. If I want to sell Burning Rangers, and I know I can get roughly $100 on eBay, in a form I'm probably going to take 80 This depends on a few things, of course. How are they paying? If it's PayPal or PayPal gift, have I dealt with them for? Is this a well-reputed member of the forum that sells a lot of things and might be able to help me later? These are things you need to factor in. If you demand 100 I will probably just go to eBay. This is a lot safer. I know I then have the, all the protection of eBay, and it's a lot easier to follow up if there's a problem with the transaction. If I offer 100 or if I make a response saying, hey, would you take $80 for this $100 game, and your response is, I can get 100 on eBay, then my response to you is then go sell the damn thing on eBay and then you can lose all that money, okay? What you can get it for, or what you can get for it on eBay, is only relevant so far as what it should adjust your forum price to. Forums, you're, you should sell for less. You get less hassle. You're getting an easier sell out of forums, and you're selling to genuine collectors and people in your own community. The next item is trade value. The trade value is not the same as a cash value for a game. Again, this is just my opinion, but trade value, usually I trade a little higher uh, than cash. 
if the game you want from me ranges for 10 to $14, I'm probably going to side towards 13 or 14 While if you wanted to give me cash, I'd probably take 11 or 12 I imagine you are pricing your trades roughly the same way. This isn't a dig at you or at me, I just figure that most, both parties usually trade higher than cash. Another note about trade value, both parties should use the same source for their prices. This doesn't really matter what the source is, eBay or online rarity guards, guides, but just use the same one. For me, I like to pull prices from a few sources to get a sort of true median, that way we're all in level footing. And here's just a quick rundown of a few more points I wanted less topical, just reiterations and more suggestions. Don't be afraid to give someone a deal. Sure, you can you could get $15 for, say, a copy of Punch-Out! Loose, but sometimes taking 10 to 12 will net you a better deal or more business later. Always have pictures. Always have a tracking number. Again, do not use bubble mailers. In a sale thread, don't mention where a similar item is on sale. It's rude. And also in a sale thread, don't bring up how much a previous copy sold for or how much another member is selling it for. It's not your business. The seller made their thread. It's their thread. Stay out of it. Don't be an ass. This is the easiest rule to follow. Trading and selling is about building relationships. People will remember and tell others who is good and who is bad to deal with. It's that simple. If you're a jerk, I'm going to tell all of my friends you're a jerk. Don't try to rip people off. You might get it to work once, maybe twice. But once a community is onto you, they will spread your name to every bad trader thread they can find on every single form. Remember, forums cross-pollinate. We're all members of multiple forums for the most part. Don't waste people's time. If you have no intent in buying or can't afford an item, don't string a seller along with, hey, how much do you want for it? Or, ooh, I'd really like that. If you want it, great. If you can't afford it, I'm sorry. But don't waste everyone's time. Don't make them miss out on another potential deal because you're twirling your thumbs. Please do follow all forum rules. Each forum has its own rules. Go ahead and read them. It'll stop you from it'll stop you from getting yelled at and we'll make so people, you know, are all on the same page. The big one, again, be specific. One more time, be specific. If that manual has a small pay a uh, small tear on page 9, list it. That may never be seen, but go ahead and list it to protect yourself. Do communicate and follow up every time you buy and sell. It's good to touch base with all of your customers and good to touch base with your sellers. See what they have going on. Another one I'm really a big proponent of is help others when you can. I know I kind of already said this, but I can't tell you how many good deals I've gotten or people who thought of me first simply because I gave them good deals or was willing to go a little bit lower for them when they were in a bind or sometimes I just throw in freebies. You can't tell how much it's going to pay later just to give someone a good deal now. So now that we've gotten over some of the basic etiquette and generally just good trading and selling tips, I want to spend a, a few minutes here talking about trader, buyer types. My last post I talked about collector types and many collector types translate directly into buyer types. It's almost a one-for-one -one conversion and I'm not going to rehash that. I want to talk about the difficult types. 
that people who represent these types might be really nice people, but when buying or selling or trading with, they're kind of a pain in the ass. We all have our standards and our trading goals, and it isn't for me to say someone's standards are too low or too high or their goals or reasons for collecting are wrong. I do want to point out just a few of these so people are aware of them. If you know the type of collector you're dealing with, it should allow you not to get into any bad situations and just smooth out all of your transactions. First type I want to talk about is investors. These collectors may or may not even care about games. They're in it for the potential to earn money. Many of these collectors are part of the great stadium events phenomenon. These collectors know that games now equal cash. Long gone are the days of any nest, any nest game bin, you know, $5. All games here, $5. Those days are long gone. People have uh, translated games to dollars, so you're just not finding those deals. And the investor collector are, are the reason for it. The dealer. I'm a little bit biased here uh, because these are my least favorite types to deal with. These people might own stores or be big sellers on eBay. And they want to trade with you. They really do. But here's what they'll do. They'll point out every small flaw in your cart, your manual, box, disc, whatever. And then they want to really undervalue it. They want to knock off money for each small ding. And then they will take the item that you're interested in and they will start overvaluing it. And then they'll say it's rarer than it is. They will say things like, hey, well, I bought it at $20, so I got to get it at least $30. It's nice to buy low and sell high, but save your blatant attempts to rip me off. If this is how you make your living? Fine. Don't ask me to like it, and please just avoid me in all future dealings. The dealer is usually in this for one reason, and that's to turn a profit. They're not wrong, but a lot of times they're assholes. The Perfectionist This is a tricky collector type to deal with. These collectors, never mind what they collect, need their items to be pristine. They want nice boxes, no dings, no creases. They want their manuals unopened. Uh, they don't want broken hinges on their boxes. They're not, want, they're not wrong to want these things. But if you're dealing with someone or you know they're like that, be sure to have accurate pictures. Be sure you did a good job packing the item. Be sure you did a good job describing the item. This is something you should do anyway. I try to treat every transaction I make as if I'm dealing with a perfectionist. This ensures that we have a positive experience for both parties. I know this cast went pretty long. Um, thanks again for listening. Look for my next one sometime in February, maybe around the first week. Thanks a lot. Take it easy.